Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are really excited to finish out the series we did on complacency. We started this a few days ago, and then um, due to uh, some technical issues, we had to run a couple days' worth of replays, which you guys always seem to appreciate and are uh, understanding. And, yes, now we're back live, which is wonderful. I love doing the show live with Julie. So, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, it's great to be back, and I'm looking forward to uh, rounding out this series as well. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. So we have been getting, Julie and I have been very, very conscious, of, uh, conscientious and conscious and I don't know, other kinds of words that would go along with that, of the news. And we're paying attention. I just want all of you guys to know this. And this is a podcast. And Julie, if you could hold me accountable to this, I'd really appreciate it. We're working mm-hmm. on a worst case scenario podcast. Oh, that sounds like something you want to listen to. That's mm-hmm. going to be motivational, right? <laughs> now, so many, so many of you are starting to pay attention to the news and starting to hear all the recession talk and inverse yield curve and all this other crazy stuff. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put probably a couple shows together on how to prepare yourself for like the worst case scenario market correction. And now this is something that unfortunately we know quite a bit about because we were coaching so many of you back when the market corrected. Everyone says the market correction was in 2008, 2009, but the truth is, and I can tell you the exact coaching call, I I will tell you, I was on a coaching call with someone named Mark in Long Beach and it was September of 2007. And uh, I remember he was crying And the reason he was upset was because he had so many of his pendings fall out of contract. And the reason was because most of his buyers were subprime. He had been using the same couple of lenders. He didn't really know that they were uh, using all, putting all of his buyers uh, into, um, you know, subprime loans. And when the first subprime lender failed, I believe it was called New Century, and it was located in Irvine, California. I think all these things are correct. And uh, what happened was that most of his deals fell out of contract. So he went from having very consistently having a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars in commissions coming in to having virtually nothing coming in. And like most agents, he wasn't prepared for the market correction. Well, it wasn't just him as an example. We then started seeing it spread like wildfire. And I'm not going to spend the day or our show today talking to you all about that. That's what we're going to talk about in this series. We're going to do. Um, for next week. But, you know, Julie and I then were coaching agents who were in complete free fall financially. Um, So many of you discovered us back then and we're thankful to this day that we gave you a path forward so that, frankly, you could not just, you know, survive in real estate, you could thrive in the real estate market despite the market correction. And we're going to put together a podcast. It's going to be a, you know, two-part podcast and we're going to deliver it and hopefully what you'll agree to be a very effective and direct style so that you know um, it, you know, fluff free, so you know exactly what you should be doing in preparation. But here's the thing. I am not telling you that there's a market crash coming. I, Julie and I talk about this practically every day because we have personal coaching mm-hmm. clients sprinkled throughout the United States. 
in Canada and other countries as well. And we have not, and I have not, Julie has not, other than here's the only leading indicator. There's two leading indicators that I've noticed, and I'll just share this with you guys, and then we'll finish out our points. Um, I remember very clearly back when the correction started to happen in, let's say, 08. When everyone is in agreement, the market was in correction. There were some leading indicators from the very, very top of the market, not just in real estate, but other collectibles that rich people, and I use that word rich liberally in this example, were worried about their own personal uh, finances, and they were, stop they were slowing down purchasing things. Now, in the upper end housing markets in most of the country, you guys have been living that reality for a long time. Um, you know, we have some of the most experienced, sort of most, you know, highest profile agents as personal clients, most of which don't want us to use their names on the podcast, but a few of them who I name drop occasionally, you guys know who these guys are. You know, you might know them from, say, a Bravo TV show or something like that. So those are the types of agents that Julie and I are direct comp or competition, listen to me, are direct communication with on a regular basis. And they have been telling us that the markets in, you know, the upper end markets, you know, are completely and totally in a reversal stage. I have one coaching client whose sellers lose an average of $1.5 million over what they paid for the property. So, yes, in that end of the market, obviously something's going on, and it's been going on if you're in New York or if you're in Connecticut. It's been going on for now probably about three years. But here's the thing that happened in this past week, which was interesting. Um, so there was this big, and you guys can read a little smatterings about this on uh, the news, uh, the business news channels if you choose to. But there was a big auction, a bunch of car auctions happen every year in Monterey, California. And these car auctions are, in essence, uh, some of the most expensive cars in the world. The, uh, you know, you're talking about cars that sell for millions and millions of dollars. Cars that are treated like artwork or in, they, they, they're in. You know, that's the best way of thinking of it. You know, you're going to buy your vintage Ferrari or whatever. You Chances are you're going to buy it in Monterey during last week's auctions, okay? So last week's auction results came in early this morning, and the sales were 34% off the previous year. Now, that is a, the third year in a row the sales have been off, been slower. But 34% off was massive. It, they sold like, I think it was $140 million less in cars. You guys are listening to me and you're going, dude, what are you talking about? I sell $75,000 houses in the middle of nowhere. Why are you telling me about all this? Because here's how it happened back in 0708. When the slowdown happened, it happened at the very upper ends first. Because let's assume that most of those people purchasing those cars and purchasing this expensive real estate and all the rest of it, let's assume they have a vantage point on the economy that most of us don't. And they're the ones that are the employers. They're the ones that are talking with the, the, you know, the people that are knowing what's happening in the economy that isn't even been talked about yet. So when you see people like that at that level being apprehensive about purchasing stuff, that's when you pay attention. And I'm going to say it for the fourth time. That exact pattern happened back in 07, 08, and it's happening again now. So we're going to do a couple podcasts, maybe three days worth of podcasts next week. And uh, we're really going to drill down and give you guys an action plan. Don't overreact. Don't panic. Don't worry. We got your back. All right, Julie, anything you want to pass along to these guys? Maybe things you can learn from your own coaching <laughs> yeah. calls? Well, I mean, you send chills down my back when you talk about that that whole, you know, the day that you realize that. And I, I can tell you, I was talking to Sean in Palm Springs. I, I remember the exact call yep. when, when it was very clear for me, too. And then it was followed by another one and another one. And, you know, now... I, I think it's excellent that you won't have any problem with me holding us accountable to getting that out there because I think that 
it's excellent work for us to do for them so that whatever degree of this happening, because it is happening, and particularly, as you said, in the upper end right now, but how far will that trickle down and how severe might that get? Well, worse than fear of the unknown. So I do feel a responsibility on this podcast to let them know what's going on and, most, most importantly, what to do about it. It's just reporting, and, you know, we don't really believe in doom and gloom and drama and, oh, my goodness. It's more like, okay, so this is what's happening in the market. Here's what you need to do about it. Because people make money in all different types of markets, right? You just have to have the skills to run with it. So that's my segue into the continuation of our Don't Be Complacent series. So there you go. Hey, Julie, uh, check chat. Yes. So before oh, we get to I the next – before we get to – before we get to the next point, uh, so here's what I want to, uh, an offer for all of you. Some of you, and I want you to listen to what I'm saying, okay? Some, some of you, and you know who you are, if you just basically for a second just take a breath and think about what I'm saying. If you're running a team or if you're running a brokerage, it doesn't matter what size, chances are your margins in your brokerage are, are really, really terrible. Chances are your margins in your uh, team are really, really terrible. What do I mean by that? All right, so let's say, for example, you're running a team and your team earned a million dollars in GCI. All the people on your team together, a million dollars in GCI last year. Okay, so your million dollars probably, that million in GCI is probably only equal to in net income less than $200,000. More likely, most, most of you are earning about, really, about $150,000 from the a million dollars that you earn. So if that's you, you're the type of agent that I'm most worried about because here's what's going to happen. You have too much fixed expense, and you're not going to pivot fast enough. We've seen it happen every time. That there's, Julie and I have been coaching agents since the late 90s. We've coached agents through arguably four different recessions. And every single time, the agents that get hurt the most, the fastest, are the ones that have uh, really that are inflexible about their fixed costs. Because a lot of times you start paying for things, you don't know how to hold those things accountable. But here's the thought I want to put in your head. And I really want you to, if you're feeling fear from what I'm about to say, embrace it. Because hopefully on the other side of that fear, you're going to do some self-protective things to make it so that you're not hurt by the next market change. Okay? So here's the thought for you. If all of a sudden, like Mark I was using as an example, if your revenue dropped to basically nothing, and I do mean literally nothing, or if it drops to maybe like a tenth or 20% of what it currently is, how fast would it take? How long would, or will your savings last? Right now, you're running a cash flow business, and most brokers are doing the same thing. They have no real profit. In other words, their bills, paying their bills, paying themselves is predicated on a certain number of you know, sales happen every single month. They have no savings. They have no residual income. It's all transactional income. And as soon as that transactional income slows down, and this is just a fact, most brokerages and certainly agent teams will fail. And they don't take a long time to fail. They fail almost immediately because they have no savings and no plan. And the one thing, one mistake they all make is they wait too long to cut overhead. You know, they'll wait, wait, hope and pray. And all the, time, all the while what happens is they lose their, all their savings we knew people that uh, borrowed money against their kids' you know, college savings, and they over leveraged their own personal real estate. Look, I'm, again, if you're feeling a little bit of uh, – maybe you're having a flashback to the last crash, 
that's good. Have that flashback and ask yourself if you're making the same mistakes. And if you are, and if you need an, on, an honest interpretation of what you need to be doing now, I'm going to give you guys permission to do something. I want you to text me directly, and let's schedule a free coaching call. So this is primarily for those of you who are in production, who have teams and brokerages. If you want to be way ahead of the curve and make sure you have a plan in place for the market correction, I want you to text me, and I'll send you my schedule link, and then we can talk. My cell phone number is 512-758-0206. You might have to wait a week or two, but it's you know obviously something many of you should consider doing. 512-758-0206. All right, Julie, let's get to our next point. I remember where we left off, but I think it was right around point number five or six, and we're talking about how to eliminate complacency habits and how to know whether you might have this issue. So one of those points was, number five, you're not sure what it'll be like when you're old. Is there no plan except Social Security? That's not really a plan. Most people never leave the 20-mile proximity of their home, and they count on the government to take care of them. Is that what you dream of for your golden years? That's my uh, next point. So, sorry, I was being distracted. Okay, so drill down, drill down on what Julie just said. Julie, check, check, chat. So drill down on what Julie just said. Okay, so there's a statistic, and you can go to the Social Security Administration's website, and you can read this yourself, that most people, once they reach the age of retirement, which let's call that 67, though I know how many agents do you know at 67 actually retire, virtually none, but let's just deal with the conversation here based on Social Security Administration's website statistics. Uh, most people, by the time they reach retirement age, are either dependent on the family member or uh, uh, the government to support themselves financially. In other words, they've had their entire lives to save money. They've had their entire lives to get their financial houses in order, and they didn't do it. So there's, a, there's the first statistic. And the other one is very fascinating, that most people are essentially uh, – they they die. They're born and born, raised, raised their families, the whole thing, and then they pass away within a 25-mile, essentially in a 25-mile radius. Most people never lose. Uh, they never move or experience anything outside of their immediate surroundings, and so that's kind of an interesting approach. If you and most of you that are listening, how, that's you, isn't it? So what happens when you have a life like that? It's not all bad. I mean, you have this sort of extended family that goes back decades. There's that. But what's the downside to it? Is that you don't expose yourself to enough uh, essentially people, enough different ways of thinking, enough different ways of approaching life. And so you might be saying in your, in your head, well, Tim, I'm good. I like what I got. Well, I'm glad you do, but you don't know what you could have if you just did a little bit of traveling. And I remember, and this is coming you know, from Julie, <laughs> Julie and I, and we grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And trust me when I tell you, there's not a lot going on in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, in terms of like, you know, there's some big thinkers, but it's not institutionalized like it is in other parts of the country. And what Julie and I did, as soon as we started traveling outside of Columbus, and we started going to the coasts, we started doing things like that, our whole world changed and we didn't, we could not go back to thinking like we had before. It was literally impossible for us to go back to thinking like we did before. Once we saw like people our own age, this is back when we were in our 20s, once we saw people our own age who were living in say Southern California or certain parts of Florida, you know, who had so much more opportunity just because of where they were located, just because of the cost of real estate. How many of you listening right now are in a market where your average sale price is like 200000 or less, where you're thinking, I work my ass off to make the kind of money 
the people who work basically part time in California do, you know, because their average sale price is a million dollars. They earn thirty grand when they sell a house. You earn ten grand or eight grand when you sell a house. You know, you've got to sell five or six houses or you know four houses didn't earn what they earn. Right. So what do you do with that? You just keep on working hard. Then, you know, decades pass. Well, how about this? Why don't you consider moving? Why don't you literally physically move your family and move to a different market? It's a big thought. What comes on the other side of that? Julie, next point. Well, and this is related. Number six, you make decisions based on coupons and promotions versus quality and what you actually want. This is a big thing that I see people do. Even, you know, it comes out occasionally in uh, Premier Coaching, we talk about this, right? So are you just responding to some email ad that was free something or other or cutting coupons for stuff that you don't even like, didn't want, don't know anything about, but because it's cheap, you're going to go with it versus setting goals and going towards something very specific I'm doing a lot of research about habits right now, and one of the, the interesting things that I read was when, not if, but when you have the habit of saving, for example, it and that's your primary habit, that overpowers the bad habits of, say, spending every dime that you've got. Or when your primary habit is being in good shape, that defeats the bad habit of having a donut on the way to your office. So that's something that I'm working on for future podcasts. But the question about complacency, this is our series of questions to see if maybe you've got a complacency problem, is if you make decisions based on coupons and promotions versus what you actually want. So if that's you, put a little star next to it and say, I have to eliminate this problem. Point number seven, you have a scarcity mindset, not abundance. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so you have a scarcity mindset, not abundance. You argue over every commission dollar. You walk away from listings because they won't, you know, do it essentially listed at your price. You have all kinds of sort of, you know, it's my way or the highway types approaches to life. So the scarcity mindset is very fascinating because it has the opposite influence. You can it manifests in your life in a different way. So for example, the previous couple points ago. We talked about the fact that most people, you know, essentially their whole worlds are within a 25-mile radius. In all reality, most people live within a 10-mile radius. In other words, every single day, you're just going to the same places, doing the exact same thing. And so what happens is over time, that radius gets smaller. Over time, as you get older, it gets so small that if you're not consciously aware of how you're allowing the world to get smaller around you, you might find yourself living under your staircase one day. And that does happen to a lot of people. How many people do you know as they get older? Older, they never leave their houses. Why does that happen? How is it that people end up that way? It didn't just happen. It was over a series of years where they allowed the world to get smaller and smaller and smaller. That goes back to the scarcity mindset where there's not enough. Well, here's another little interesting thought. How many of you believe that, for example, when you're out talking to, when you're at, like co- competition, the word competition to, very, to many of you uh, is almost offensive. You don't like to think you have to compete. Many of you are believing, falsely by the way, that you can build a long-term sustainable real estate career or any business solely based on centers of influence and past clients. Now, you will die on the hill believing that that's true because why? You have a scarcity mentality opposed to an abundant mentality and get to the root of really why you're so focused on just working centers of influence and past clients. And I'll help you hopefully understand why. The primary reason is, is because you do not want to ever face the, you know, competing. 
You don't want to be in a situation where you're competing for a listing where the seller essentially doesn't ha have a center of influence, past client type relationship with you, and you're maybe competing with somebody who's got their act together, and now you're essentially so fearful of having the seller ask you a question, or you're so you don't have a or an organized listing presentation or an organized pre-listing pack, or you don't really you have so many fears that if you really just start writing all of them down. So here's the question, a little homework maybe. Why is it that you're not uh, going after more sellers? Why is it that you're not proactively lead generating? It always goes back to fear. You don't know what to do. That would be the first honest answer. But what is it specifically you don't know how to do? You don't know how to present. You don't know how to answer sellers' questions. And so what you've actually created is a scarcity mentality for what you're capable of doing in your life. You've self-imposed this limited little world belief on what you're able to do because you're not – maybe you don't have – the path forward to know how to learn how to compete. Maybe you don't have the path forward to know how to actually go after uh, sellers that don't have a personal relationship with you. So you make your world smaller and smaller and smaller. And then not only do you, but your cash flow is also living under the staircase with you. So that's what we do, by the way. We help agents break free of that mentality and realize that opportunities everywhere. It was actually Frederick Eklund that said this on our podcast. I, you guys know him from, um, million dollar listing new york i loved it so good he said basically he walks out of his building in manhattan and julie and i were there in january and he walks down the street doesn't matter which direction he said he's constantly in awe of how many people he's running into seeing and all those people basically have to buy or sell real estate all of them are in the real estate market they're leasing they're buying they're thinking about that, 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 that right every so here's the thought for you this is an abundance thought every single person you will ever meet anywhere on the face of the earth is in the real estate market. It's true. They're either buying, they're selling. They might be in between buying or selling, but they'll be in the real estate market. They're leasing, or they'd be interested in buying an investment property or buying a – you guys get the idea. Everywhere you go, there's people that want to buy or sell real estate. There is no limit to the number of people that you'll run into. The what, but what do you do? You go back to this mindset. I'm only working with my centers of influence and uh, past clients. That's going to be my only approach. That is a bad business model because what's going to happen, and I actually had a really fun coaching call last week. I uh, wish I would have mentioned this earlier. So here's, here was this epiphany this agent had. Okay, so they wanted, they wanted to, uh, you know, he wanted to talk with me directly. So I called him back. He texted me. I called him back. People are always surprised when I do that. You shouldn't be surprised, right? I say text me. I'm going to call you back. So what ha I called him back, and he said his um, – he heard us say on the podcast, we were talking about centers of influence and past clients. And he said he was one of these people that in his mind had treated centers of influence and past client that into that doing business just like that is almost a religion. And anybody that talked against it was somehow a heretic. That's in essence how he said he used to think. But then he said, so part of the centers of influence and past clients things that you guys sometimes get sucked into is this belief that you have to give them constant little tchotchkes. I mean, a tchotchke is like a little a present, forget-me-not seeds in April, pumpkin pies in November. You guys get the idea. And so there's these legions of agents who for years have been driving around every November uh, giving away free pumpkin pies. You're probably one of them that's listening right now. So here's the experience he had. He said he went to one of his seller's doors, and he lived in a part of the country where you know it was in a gated community, so it was safe for him to leave a pumpkin pie. So he was going to leave the pumpkin pies for his past clients, and he was trying to be strategic, and he was doing it around 4 o'clock, hoping to get some of them at home, or at the very least, if he dropped – this is November, remember. He was dropping his pumpkin pies off 
uh, during a time of the day. You guys get the idea. He thought it through. He was smart. Well, he goes to, like he said, three or four of his seller's houses, and there are already, you know what I'm going to say, don't you, listeners? There are already two or three other pumpkin pies already sitting there from other agents. So that's ultimately the fallacy in that business model is you think your service the past client list is exclusively yours. You don't realize that a billion other people are also working those same agents. And that's just that's not even including the agents that are chasing them digitally. So if you if the center of influence past client model worked great maybe in the early 80s, but as soon as this little scary thing called the internet came live in 1996, then you all all of a sudden the world shifted, but many agents didn't. And people selling the center of influence and past clients are the only way to build your real estate business. They didn't shift either because they didn't know what else to do. But it all goes back to a scarcity mentality. Look, working centers of influence and past clients is a great business model, but if it's your only spoke, you'll go broke. So what we advocate for advocate for you is to learn multiple spokes of learning how to lead generate. But the first spokes you everyone has to add are the ones that are proactive. Here's proactive versus this is scarcity versus uh, abundance, guys. Proactive versus passive. Passive is leading a pumpkin pie on someone's doorstep, hoping and praying that they'll feel obligated to you to call you if they ever think about buying or selling real estate. That's passive, okay? Proactive is where you're actually picking up the phone and making a phone call to somebody who's actually in the real estate, who's like an expired or for sale by owner or somebody like that. That's, pa- that's proactive. How many of you are doing proactive? How many of you are doing passive? You need to spend your best time every single day doing proactive lead generation. I'm going to tell you what you're going to discover. You're going to discover that once you start doing it, once you get good at it, you won't want to do the passive stuff because you realize how silly it is. And you'll leave all the passive stuff to everybody else because you're just going to do the proactive stuff. But this all goes back to abundance and scarcity, scarcity and abundance. What's your mindset? Is your mindset, I can learn, I can grow, I can get better? Is your mindset, I want to learn how to make money multiple ways in real estate so I can help more people and so I can you know, essentially become rich where my money works for me and no longer work for my money? Or is your mindset, oh my gosh, scarcity, I don't want to learn, I don't want to put myself in a position where I might hear no. What's your, mind, what's your mindset about that? So I have a suggestion for all of you. I want you guys to text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Just go ahead and text it right now to 31996. I'm going to show you how much Julie and I have the spirit of abundance. We're going to give you six free books just because you sent that text. In addition to that, when you do, we're also going to give you an opportunity to have a coaching call with one of our new member coaches. The book I want you to download first is called The Real Estate Treasure Map. It's your fill-in-the-blank business plan. So go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. Do that now, and you're going to be given six free books, including The Real Estate Treasure Map, and you're going to be given an opportunity to have a absolutely free, no-obligation coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So listen, guys, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. And I want to thank all of you for helping this podcast to continue to be the number one listened to podcast, a daily podcast for agents in the world. I really appreciate that. And also, I, uh, you know, our book, Harris Rules, is still kicking absolute butt. So thank you for all of you who continue to support the book. If you've not yet purchased the book, Harris Rules, I understand that um, Barnes & Noble is reordering it. 
but the easiest and quickest way for you to get it is just buy it off Amazon. So just, you know, there it is. I believe it's a little bit cheaper too. So just go on Amazon and buy the book, Harris Rules. That is your A to Z solution for your real estate business. But in the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Text the word Harris, uh, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. In the meantime, guys, if you need me for anything, uh, my cell phone, and you can text me directly. It's 512-758-0206. Talk with you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.